0: Hi, Fashion Hotline. Help. My family's New Year's resolution is to be more active, but we could use some new styles for motivation. Run into Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now. All Old Navy active styles for the family are up to 50% off. Kick it into gear with leggings, mesh tees, and more. Up to 50% off? Ooh, I'm feeling motivated already. Tops started to 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids, with compression leggings and active pants from $15 for adults, $12 for kids. Kids, get a move on. We're going to Old Navy. Hurry in for up to 50% off all Old Navy active right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1-3 through 110 Excludes in clearance. Lock-10. Radio. It. Oh. Hey, One it.
1: Oh. It Do it again. One oh. oh, no. oh.
0: Possibly, good evening, but either way, welcome to the Bless You Boys podcast for Saturday, May the 9th, 2015. I'm your host, Hook Slide. Glad to have you along for the next half hour or so as we talk about my favorite subject on the planet, at least during summer that is, how about those tigers? For our first-time listeners, the Bless You Boys podcast is a feature of the Bless You Boys website, that's SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog. You can find us on the web at www.blessyouboys.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Bless You Boys. And, of course, like us on Facebook. Just search for Bless You Boys, click the like button, and you'll get all kinds of great content in your news feed. And joining me for today's episode, it's going to be a very special show, my friends. It's our old friend and former podcast co-host, a columnist for the Detroit News, one of the master orchestrators behind the scenes at Bless You Boys. I want to welcome Kurt Menching back to the show. How are you doing, Kurt?
1: Oh, I am doing fine, Al. No, wait. What is this again? (laughs) Hook slide. Oh, yes. I am Uh, doing fine, hook slide. I'm I'm glad to be here.
0: (laughs) Are you being held at gunpoint? (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) Possibly. Um, Can you see me blink Like twice for, yes, how does this work? I'm not real familiar with this format.
0: Yes, and and already we are off the rails. We're like 20 seconds into the show and I'm completely lost. So it's uh, it's great to have you back.
1: Why did you bring me on? I don't know. I don't
0: know. Uh, We call it karmic justice, I think. You must have done something wrong here in the last six months. Uh, but oh, no, seriously, did. it's great to have you back on the show. <laughs> yeah, or I did. One of the two, or maybe one of our listeners did. Uh, oh, wow! I don't even know where to where to go after all that. <laughs> let's,
1: baseball. Let's talk I, think, about, I think we're here to talk about baseball.
0: Yes, let's talk Tigers baseball. Let's start with uh, let's start with Shane Green. Why not? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling in a punchy mood, and uh, you know, let's let's get everybody sort of feeling down and depressed. Uh. The deal with Shane Green is he was just absolutely awesome in his first three starts. He went 23 innings in those first three starts. He only allowed one earned run. He was looking fantastic. And then he was absolutely awful in the next three. He only has managed 11 innings pitched in three starts combined and given up 20, yes, count of 20 earned runs. Kurt, who is the real Shane Green?
1: Shane Green is.
0: Okay. Okay, It's a good place to start.
1: Uh, you- Here's 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 the thing. Um, there was no way that Shane Green was going to come into Detroit from uh, like what 14 starts with the Yankees. There was no way that Shane Green was going to come into Detroit and be like a sudden Cy Young Award winner. Uh, you know, he looked good. Yeah, yeah, undoubtedly, he he looked pretty good. The results he was getting were great. You, you know, that's that's true. But you couldn't expect that kind of performance to continue for ever. Uh, so so that's part of it. The, the other part of it is, you know, one thing in my position at, you know with SB Nation and being around other baseball bloggers. What one thing they said to me after after the trade was, you know, be cautious about Shane Green. You know, you you know you you want to be excited, but just be a little cautious about them. And, I, you know, we're, I think we're seeing why, you know. His minor league track record wasn't that great. And you go, well, there's there's late bloomers out there. There's always late bloomers. You could have said uh, Doug Pfister was a late bloomer when he came over uh, from Seattle. So you, you look at Shane Green and you go, he's nothing impressive in the minors. And then he comes and oh, hey, he's pretty good. Maybe he's just a late bloomer. Well, possibly, maybe not. That, that, you know, because like you said, we, we've we seen two extremely different Shane Greens. Um, not like there was any middle ground. But you don't go, well, he's, he's the guy with one or two earned runs, giving up, and then maybe, you know, he has a game with three, and then he has one or two bad games. No, no, this is like two completely different uh, pitchers. I don't think that's going to continue either, though. I, I think what we're going to end up with is, probably a guy who you, who profiles as a standard fourth starter you know a fifth starter or whatever he's going to be a uh, decent uh fair number of games he's going to be off a couple of games he's going to make the offense have to work to to win games behind him but uh he, he's not awful but he's, he, he's he's not going to be this surprise number two starter either I don't think any time in his career is he ever going to be profiling like that he's He's a back of the rotation guy. You know, he if he keeps the ball down, if he makes a drive it into the ground, he's going to get good results. And when he struggles with that, uh, he's going to get lit up.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Kurt, I'm re- I'm reminded of something that you used to say on the show about the Tigers as a team, and it seems almost applicable to Shane Green as a pitcher. And that is to say that he's not as bad <clears throat> as he looks when he's bad, and he's maybe not as good as he looks when he's good. Is that fair fair enough to say?
1: Oh yeah, I mean that that that's completely fair to say. Because like like I said, he 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 was not going to be able to repeat that uh, that that first three games. There there's no way and you know, maybe maybe you look at him you, you think maybe the opponent might have a little bit to do with the two, although you, you you could turn that around and say, Hey, the twins have been pretty good recently too. So I I mean I don't I don't know. It's, he I, I can just tell you I don't expect him to, to, to wow us for the entire season with like some, you know, three ERA year, you know. If he if he comes down and it finishes the season with an ERA in the low fourth, you know, I think that's a pretty good uh thing to expect. I mean, like I said, it's important to remember he only had fourteen starts in, in the major leagues under his belt before he came to Detroit, so that's not even a full season of uh, you know, of starting, that's not even a half a season of starting because you expect about 33 starts in a year. So it, it's just really hard to to say what exactly we, we should expect of him, but uh, he's better than these last three starts, uh, that's for sure, and, and, and we're going to see that. But when, you know, I don't know, immediately would make the most sense because he's been that bad, but I, I don't know. He's, he, he's back in the rotation. What can you say?
0: Yeah, he's he's your fourth you know fourth guy in the rotation. I think maybe the, the the thing you really want to get out of a guy like him is just to eat a lot of innings. On the other hand, and kind of shifting gears here, even if you uh, you know if you have a guy like Shane Green who can eat some innings, when he fails to do that, you have to rely on the bullpen, and the bullpen does not look good. And you saw that on uh, Wednesday night in the game against the White Sox, and Brad Ausmus certainly caught quite a bit of heat for the way that he handled the bullpen in that game. Uh, leaving Jabba Chamberlain in the game maybe a bit too long, uh, long enough to give up four earned runs and end up blowing the game. Uh, Kind of recalling what took place in that inning, do you second-guess the way Osmus handled the bullpen? Could he have done it better? Do you agree with what he did? How how would you approach that?
1: Well, uh, I mean, you you have to look at this uh, in two ways. The first way is Brad Osmus is in a tough position because – with the quality of the, the I mean the the quality of the bullpen members behind you know, behind him, anything he does has the opportunity to blow up spectacularly in his face. Uh, other than, you know, his, his closer. Anyone but before his closer has the opportunity to blow up spectacularly in his face. Which makes for easy second guessing because it's gonna happen and you go, Well, why did he keep Jova in there? Why did he keep Gorsolani in there? Why did he keep you know in badging. Why did he do this? Why did he... so? He said stop. But on the other hand, I don't think there was a lot of you know backseat driving behind thinking that he kept Joba in the game too long. Uh, there there was worry pretty early on. I think that and after the home run and Joba's still out there, you're just going, you know, what what's up here? What why why hasn't he got anyone onto the mound before it's too late? But uh, so I'm yeah, they're they second guessing. They're definitely um, wondering why he he stuck with Joba. Or another question that I, I think is going to be you know a, a popular one is why Joba in the first place. You know, last Ooh, year, yeah, yeah. Last year Joba was pretty good for the first half of the season, pretty bad for the second half of the season. Uh, this year he just kind of filtered his way into the eighth inning, and you you you're looking at him and you're watching him pitch, and you're going this is not going to turn out well. I've been saying, you know, I've been saying for the entire season so far, this is not going to turn out well. When you got, like, Joba and Ian Kroll, you know, stretching out for the eighth inning, either way, bad things are going to happen. Well, Ian's gone now. Joba's not going to go anywhere, I don't think. But uh, there's no way he should be pitching in the eighth inning. On the other hand, you know, you're looking at it from Austin's viewpoint, well, what's he got? Uh, that's it. So, you know, a guy who's right. pitching in Erie last year, and now you're going. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the ball to this guy who never pitched the ball Double A before this year, and I'm gonna say, hey, you're my setup man. So I uh, I mean, if Ausmus did that, I think people would think he was crazy too. And the first time that Nesbitt couldn't handle it, or the second time that Nesbitt couldn't handle it, because that's gonna happen to any reliever in baseball, even the best ones. Uh you're gonna be second guessing going, wow, well, why is Ausmus giving it to such an inexperienced pitcher? So. He's, he's in a tough position, uh, for for sure. There that he basically needs a starting uh rotation to go eight innings just to uh not have to worry.
0: Yes, and that's what Kyle Lobstein did, you know, during the next game. And I, I kind of thought to myself as the as the you know the the, the tragedy was unfolding on Wednesday night, and and Java Chamberlain was getting beat up, and I thought to myself. You know why, why don't you go for the four out save with Joaquin Soria in that situation? Once you realize that Chamberlain's you know he's in trouble he's already given up the the tying runs at least. why leave him out there uh, and it certainly seems like Osmus has learned from that because the next night the next day rather he did exactly that thing when when Lobstein needed to come out with two outs in the eighth he went straight to Soria uh is that something you think maybe uh you know good sign that Osmus is learning from the mistakes or is that just sort of a that's a one-time thing. You won't see that very often.
1: I don't think you'll see that very often, and I don't think you should see that very often because, you know, a, a player with a story injury history who'd hardly gone four outs saves in his career, I don't think it's something that you want to suddenly make, you know, see become a commonplace thing. Uh, and I also wonder if part of it was that uh, Joe was just so worn out from throwing so many pitches the day before that he was unavailable. So, there was no one else that, uh, that Brad would trust the baseball to except for Soria. So it, it could be some of that, but I mean, it, it's definitely not something that I, I hope happens very often. You you hope that they can find somebody who could survive. The eighth thing you want is finally getting this closer who might be the best Tigers closer since like the eighties, frankly, uh, you finally get this guy. And the next thing you know, you blow out his arm. Well, Osmus isn't going to look very good if that happens either. I mean, I think I think this conversation is telling us one thing, and that thing is, it's really hard to be the manager of the Detroit Tigers right now.
0: <laughs> at least at the back end of the games. But Kurt, the question is, I think, is Jabba Chamberlain just washed up? Then I mean, did they do they need to kind of cut ties there, or you, you, do you put him back in those situations and hope he kind of finds that stride that he had at the first part of or the first half of of 2014?
1: Well, every team needs a mop up guy. Uh, I I don't think I don't think he's your eighth inning one run lead guy. No, I don't think he's your setup man. I don't cut ties with him either though. I I think you can, I think you can keep him around and just just don't give him the ball in such uh, important situations. And and if you're going to give him the ball in important situations, well, gosh, I hope you got somebody warming up quickly in the bullpen just in case because Joel, he just doesn't look like he's got that greatest stuff, but. I mean I, I, I don't think there's a lot of other options that he's holding back either, that's the problem. You can't go, Well, why are they hanging on to, you know, this guy? They got all these great guys in Toledo they can call up. Well that's just not the, you know, there's there's just a it's a, organizationally wide it's just not a pretty situation, so they might as well stick with what they got for now anyway.
0: Hmm. An it's interesting take and you know, so we were talking uh, just before the show started about Kyle Lobstein and his role in all of this, the fact that he is filled in admirably uh, with Justin Verlander being absent. And, of course, we know that Verlander is coming back at some point, which kind of raises the question of what to do with Kyle Lobstein. Does he end up taking somebody else's place in the rotation, or is there potential for, you know, some serious bullpen help there by moving Lobstein to the pen?
1: Um. That's a that's a good question. I I I think that's going to be one of the more likely scenarios in any case. Just I you know when the question first comes up, when Verlander comes back, who gets bumped out of the rotation? You you might think well, Shane Green maybe the way he's been pitching lately. You know Alfredo Simon, uh, the way he's been pitching lately. Uh, Kyle lobstein uh, it could be any of those guys, but it seems like the way the, the the club is run, most frequently is is a guy like Lobstein who's got maybe a little less uh, a, a little I don't want to say a little less experience because it's not like Shane Green has experience either. But I, I think the Tigers are more likely to keep Green around than they are Lobstein. Now, the real question is. Why not Alfredo Simon? He's got this pretty good history in the bullpen during his career, so maybe he could uh, solve some problems if you bump him instead. But I I think you really have to get to the point where you're, you're feeling good about Lobstein and the rotation for that, too, because sometimes, I mean, I'm not real impressed with him either. I'm not impressed with Simon right now. I'm not impressed with Green. I'm not impressed with Lobstein. So, like, all three of them are like, you know, Number five starter types, and I know Lobstein's been performing well, and he's been really carrying things while Verlander's gone. But I'm not sure that I buy that he's going to be able to do that for the full season. So mm. I could mm. see I could see him in the bullpen too.
0: And you raise a really good point that I hadn't even thought of uh, in terms of you know comparing Kyle Lobstein to Shane Green. And I guess I've been thinking because Green pitched last year for the Yankees, uh, you know, as being kind of the more veteran of the two. Which may be true to some extent, but if you look at the stats, I guess the 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 fact of the matter is Shane Green only had 14 starts last year. Kyle Lobstein had six starts of his own last year. So does that really give Green that much of uh, of an edge?
1: No, no. And you know, uh, if anything, what gives him an edge is that the Tigers, you know, traded to bring him here. You know, he he was the guy they targeted. He was the guy they wanted, and he was the guy they went out and made a trade to bring. So I think that would be the you know, the real edge. It, you know, it's not more than the number of games pitched or anything. But yeah, I I I I think both of them are experience like like you said, but I still think Green has the higher ceiling. I don't think I don't think you're looking at either of them as having like this super high ceiling or anything, but I think if you're you're just looking at them and comparing, I think Green's got the higher ceiling of the two pitchers. So I I think he's got the one that you gotta stick with.
0: I would probably tend to agree with that, at least today, at least on paper. Uh, To wrap up this, (laughs) I'm in an agreeable mood. I'm just I'm tired of this week. (laughs) Oh goodness! But to wrap up this rather morose discussion on the Tigers bullpen situation, uh, of course the Tigers made their official move today, and we're recording this actually on on Friday, uh, Friday night, May the eighth, right before the kickoff of the uh, Tigers Royal Series. The news came out today that uh, Joe Nathan has been officially moved to the sixty day disabled list because we know he's not coming back this year. And that leaves a roster spot open on the forty man roster. I know how much you like to speculate, Kurt. Um
1: I enjoy tell speculating. Me who do you... what I'm here for.
0: That's right, and you're never wrong. So who tell who tell us who uh who fills that spot on the forty men.
1: Are we sure you're not, Al? <laughs>
0: I'm it sure. it sounds a
1: lot like, okay, well, I, you know, until we turn the podcast into some sort of a video podcast, you're not, Al. Because you sure seem like okay. Al Dick. But, uh, <laughs> what, where was it? I don't, I don't have a clue who who's going to be uh, added to the forty man. I think my speculation is that nobody's going to be added to the forty man roster because they don't need to. There's, there, there's truly no need to right now. So, uh, and and their their team and other teams there, too that have, you know that. Is willing to float with 39 in case something comes up because you never know something might if if they if they go well eh, maybe this guy in double A you know sure whatever but you don't need to do it until you need to do something but you know you might find uh, you might find some DDFA and you want to add them so why hmm. why fill it if you don't really need to fill it so I don't I don't have any speculation for who inside the system they would. Really add because I don't I just don't see a need right now to add anyone so I don't
0: think they will. Okay, I, I would accept that. I, I I'm kind of curious myself to see if they uh, maybe fast track you know somebody who's maybe a little bit lower in the system. I, I'm throwing Derek Hill's name out there just as a placeholder. I don't think that'll necessarily be him, but it would be interesting to yeah. see if they end up taking that taking that route. Um, yeah, no, he, I tend to agree-
1: Yeah, he's in Grand Rapids, so he's he's a ways away.
0: Well, it's stranger things have happened, right? We saw Buck Farmer go right from Grand Rapids straight to Detroit last year when they needed the spot start. So it's you know it's not out of the question. But I I no, tend to agree with you. Two, eh, two and a half, you know, if, if you if you stop for potty breaks. So.
1: Well, oh, you know, that's more than we wanted to know about you. <laughs>
0: uh, well, you know, it's it's out there, and that's what just happened. and I'm not taking it back. So. Uh, hey
1: everyone, hooks like can't drive two hours without a potty break
0: chooses not to. I could if I wanted to, but I just choose not to. Oh my goodness. i got to get this show back on track. Um,
1: uh, I don't know why you had
0: me on. I, well, you know, it's been fun. We've got about uh, 10 more minutes before uh, the, the pregame, or the I should say the the, the game at uh, Comerica with the Royals starts, so let's kind of start wrapping this thing up and just talk a little bit about Victor Martinez. His line still does not look like the slash line of someone who should be hitting cleanup. He's uh, is hitting for 241 average. He is getting on base at a 33% clip. But his slugging is sitting at uh, 299. So, it's a guy who can get on base, but he's not hitting a lot and he's certainly not hitting with a lot of power. Is it time to put him on the disabled list and uh, let him really fully rest those legs?
1: Why don't we just pause for a moment and call uh, managing editor Rob Rojacki and let him respond to that one? Because I'm sure he has an opinion or two that he has brought to <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> the answer is no. In fact, no, he don't. does Yes, the answer is no. You don't. You don't put Victor on the, the disabled list because one, you don't need to, uh, and you know I, I thought it was funny that the very day it was like Victor Martinez needs to be on the disabled list. Why isn't Victor on the mar? Martinez on the disabled list is the day he hits the home run. So, uh, you know, I, I think, no, Victor, I think he's just fine. I mean, not perfectly fine. Uh, reading, you know, reading Rob's uh, mailbag today, what Rob basically said is that um, he just has to play through it. You, you could put him on the disabled list, but it's not going to do him really any good. He has to play through it and just, uh, you know, use use the – Use the knee in game situations. There's no other way he's going to get through it except to use the the, the knee in game situations. Uh, and, and besides that, you know, I think that if I think if you looked at Victor's split rather than you know just his his all out numbers, I think if you looked at his split, you you get a completely different picture of him. Because, you know, I, I just pulled him up, batting right-handed against left-handed pitching. Uh, you know, he he's hitting 462 with a 1.170 OPS you know so he he's batting just fine as a right-hander it, it, when you when you go over to the batting as a left-hander I, I think that's when you you start to see the problems with him and he yeah, that's where you see the pain too you know cuz that's using the, a different leg to push off during his swing so and then you see you know the batting average is like 148 so that you, that's where the, that's where the problem is so um. Hmm. Uh, but getting it back, yeah, he, you know, I think, if anything, we just have to suffer through it. Because, you know, even as Rob said, you, you know, you you, could, you if you're trying to get low production, you could bat him, you know, right-handed against right-handed pitching, and you'd probably get a better batting average than he's going to get. But is that going to help his knee to get better? Probably not. The only way to help his knee get better is to use it in game situations and bat left-handed. So, uh. No, I don't put him, on, put him on the disabled list. I don't think he needs to be there. Uh, maybe he doesn't need to be yeah, fourth he, in the batting order, but uh, otherwise, uh, you know, he's, I
0: think he's going he's yeah, to be fine, uh, and he's shown us. Yeah, certainly an option to consider is, like you said, maybe moving him you know, somewhere else in the batting order for the time being. But, uh, yeah, it's a situation, I think, like you said, and like Rob wrote on the site, and really, that question was just a big softball to kind of promote the uh, the, the Bless You Boys website. Uh, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a use it or lose it situation. It sounds like. Oh
1: yeah, so he's he's got to use it, and uh, uh, I I think you know thinking about you know pushing pushing it one step further. If you moved him in the lineup, that 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 would be my only real question because I guess you could move Chespin up from like six to five with JD struggling, and now you could move him up to fourth, but then. Who's going to bat fifth? And you still got issues, but yeah, I think the problem with the Tigers' offense right now, like like we stated, is you know the cleanup hitter can't hit, the number five hitter couldn't hit. Uh, We weren't seeing the production of the early season, and we we saw the Tigers struggling because of it. So yeah, they they Hmm. got to do something about it. Uh, Hope hopefully they just um, face more left-handed pitching soon.
0: Right, right. And before this conversation devolves into a lengthy rant on lineup construction and the best way to build a lineup, uh, I think we'll start to wrap things up here. Kurt, do you have any last minute thoughts? No. All right. <laughs> and then we'll take it with that. I really, <laughs> uh, it's it's good to have you back on the show. It really is. This I, I uh, I've missed this kind of weird banter.
1: <laughs> that's. I didn't realize it was weird. It's the only banter I know.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. Tell Kurt, tell our listeners where they can find you online.
1: I don't want to be stalked. Why would I do that?
0: <laughs> I'm, ser- I'm seriously going to hang up on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, you can find me at Kurt Twitter. And really, that's probably about the only place. Uh, I, I I sometimes do a little tweeting from the You Boys account, but you never really know if it's me or Rob or... Anyone else really is. So I guess you could find me there, too. Sometimes I even All write right. for the website. Look, for the, look on the website. My name is there. I wrote an article this week. It's awesome.
0: Hey, hey, hey. We're getting some production out of you, but uh, I, I really can't talk. So uh, <laughs> I think I've not really two articles. No, I Which can't. Which
1: makes it awkward to have yeah. you as a podcaster if you really can't talk. But we'll get through it.
0: I know, I know. Well, Kurt, thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll come back.
1: I uh, <laughs> I hope you're telling the truth.
0: <laughs> of course uh. I. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, it's, we'll it's been to great later. to
1: be here. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. All
0: right, you too. Oh, you just never know what you're going to get with the great Kurt Mensching. But that is going to do it for another episode of the Bless You Boys podcast. Thanks again, Kurt, for stopping by. You can find Kurt at blessyboys.com. You can also find him at thedetroitnews.com. I should say detroitnews.com. And also on Twitter at Kurt. You can follow me on Twitter at HookslideBYB or get in touch with me at hookslideBYB at gmail.com. And that's going to do it from the virtual studio in West Michigan. We will see you next Sunday, not Saturday, but Sunday at 11 with special gra- special guest Chris I at Tiger's Beat Writer from uh, MLive.com. Don't miss it and we'll see you on the next Flushy Boys podcast. There's never been a corner like Michigan and Trumbo. Ha, <laughs> ha, that'll get him out of the old ballpark.